Lord, we offer you our new start. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Sunday service live streamed from our sanctuary. We continue to be in preparation for our re-entry as a church. And as you saw last week, we are still working out our technical situation. I know the sermon last week was hard to hear, so I've uploaded the sermon audio and slides onto our YouTube channel for you to revisit. I want to thank you for our, your graciousness to us. We've installed new equipment here in the sanctuary, and this is sort of the room's maiden voyage in a way. So glitches in video and sound can be expected. We currently have our staff monitoring YouTube and Vimeo, so as soon as there's a glitch, they're communicating with our tech team. But that's why this process is gradual. So we can work out as much as we can before we invite you back in. But this process is not just technical. There's safety and logistics that are part of this, and we're working to figure out how we can start bringing people on campus in a safe and orderly way. And so when we begin to open, we'll have safety procedures and registration processes in place. And pending good COVID numbers in September and no surge in the Delta variant, we hope to begin allowing some reservations for in-person worship. It will be gradual, with a few reservations at first, then as we get everything running smoothly, we'll plan to open up more and more. Now we've been in a summer series, looking at the story of Israel as they prepare to cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land. They enter the land of Canaan as new people, transformed from their old identity as slaves. Their journey in, in many ways inspires us as we look to enter a new season of promise from God for ourselves. We believe God is transforming us too for our, from our pre-pandemic lives. And I hope that this season has been one of meaningful reflection and preparation for your journey as well. This week, our story finally takes us to the banks of the Jordan River, where the people prepare to make their way across. As we pick up our story, the Israelites have arrived at the banks of the Jordan with the Ark of the Covenant, and they have encamped at the edge of the river. The officers of the people then instruct everyone to maintain a respectful distance from the Ark, 3,000 feet, that's a, that's a pretty respectful and long distance away. And Joshua tells everyone to consecrate themselves, to prepare themselves for the miraculous things that God is going to do. He then tells the priests to pick up the ark and go ahead of the people and stand in the river. In Joshua 3, it says this, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. 
Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the city, in the vicinity of Zarathon. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. As soon as the priests' feet touched the water, the water stopped flowing. And it stopped along a pretty long stretch of the river, enough for all Israel to cross. Of course, this reminds us of a similar story that happened to Israel earlier in the scriptures, the crossing of the Red Sea or the Sea of Reeds, depending on how you translate it, where Pharaoh and his army were chasing Moses and Israel after their exodus from Egypt. When they came up to the Red Sea, the waters parted and the Israelites were able to escape on dry ground. Here too, in this story, the waters part in a way and the people are able to cross on dry ground. Now, when compared these two stories of the exodus from Egypt and the crossing of the Jordan, they're actually almost identical stories. In the Exodus story, the crossing of the Red Sea marks this profound transformation. As Pharaoh and the Egyptian army are swallowed by the waters, Israel knows that they will never again have to go back to that former life of slavery. They are free now. Their identity has changed. Now, in this story, 40 years later, Israel is again being transformed. They have been wandering the Judean wilderness for decades without rest and without home. Now, as they stand opposite the city of Jericho, they again prepare to step in the water and be changed from, from wanderer to resident. There is this profound symbolism in both of these stories that shows us that Israel is breaking away from their past and living into their future. In their journey through this one pivotal moment, going through this passage of a body of water, a journey where their old identity is cast off and a new one is taken on in its place. God leads his people into the depths of this chasm of water and they emerge from it, renewed, remade, and as Christians would understand it, resurrected. Israel is born again in the Jordan River. In this symbolic baptism, of the people of God. And they enter the promised land as new people. This is God's invitation to us too, beloved. To be born again, to be resurrected in our re-entry, to see this whole journey from pandemic lockdown to quarantine and regathered community as a journey of our transformation. Yes, we experience great loss and in some cases, great suffering but God is leading us to the other side. So God invites you 
to step into the water and see that you are on dry ground. Offer up to you our servants.
God, we thank you for this time of offering. Lord, we want to acknowledge that again, each step has been so different from one another that, Lord, sometimes it has felt heavy and grief-laden. Sometimes it has felt fresh and new. Sometimes it has felt the same, monotonous. But all throughout it all, we acknowledge now and we declare that you are with us. And because we are with us, we have assurance, blessed assurance, that God, as we enter into your promised land, that there is goodness to be found, there is harvest to be reaped. So Lord, I pray that you will take up our offerings, not just the sentiments, not just the words, the sermon series that we have been going through, but God, everything that we have kept hidden from you, everything that we are gripping onto even now, Lord, we want to offer that at your table, knowing that when we give it to you wholeheartedly, Lord, you accept it, you embrace it, and you exchange with us something that we cannot even imagine, something greater and bigger and better. Lord, at this time, we also offer up to you our finances. We offer up to you our tangible resources. And we pray that you will bless this body, that you will bless Evergreen, that you will bless us with discernment as we steward, Lord God, all the things that come from you. And we pray that you'll be honored and glorified, that you will build something new. Lord Jesus, come and have your way. Spirit, move in this place. We thank you. And we seal this time in Jesus' name. The text reads in Joshua chapter 4, starting at verse 15. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant Law to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, Come up out of the Jordan. And the priests came up out of the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on, on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. This whole pandemic has been a journey for us. Think about what we've been through as all of us, we wandered in the wilderness of pandemic lockdown. The topics we've talked about as a church even were, were heavy, but they have been necessary and relevant to where we were as a congregation. LGBTQ marriage, systemic racism against our black neighbors, the environment and the California wildfires, anti-Asian hate crimes, a deadly insurrection at our nation's capital, gun violence, suicide, and mental health, death and grieving, and a worldwide pandemic crisis. We've been through a lot. And with our new or reborn again uh, indoor mask mandate now back in place, we're reminded that this is not over. It can be really frustrating and discouraging to go through so much, but then realize that it's still not over yet. If you think about it, it wasn't over for Israel once they crossed the Jordan River. 
Sure, they entered the promised land and they eventually win at Jericho and they do establish themselves as residents of the land. The temple is built. The ark is given a home along with the people of God. But we know from our Bibles and from our history books that Israel's journey was not over. The chapter ended, but the story didn't. There's more head for us, too. And that's okay. Because even as we hope and pray that the chapter of this stage of the pandemic is over, we know that the story is not. And we can't go back to who we were. I'm inspired by the words in Joshua 4 where the priests come up out of the river onto dry ground. And as soon as they step out, it says the waters return to flood stage. You can almost imagine as the last priest takes his step onto the shore and the waters immediately start to rise, filling in his once dry footprint as if to impress upon Israel that even physically they cannot go back to who they were. They can't forget what they learned. They can't reverse the transformation that God has brought them through. They can't revert to their old identity. Now they must, they must live into their new selves. And I think it's the same with us. We've been changed in the pandemic. And as we go through our reentry, we live as people who were born again. Now, there's one more thing that I want to point out from this story. And it has to do with this, this thing that the priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, if you have no idea what that is, go watch Indiana Jones. I hear there's going to be a new movie out soon. But the ark is this ornate wooden chest, a holy shrine that Israel carried with them in their wandering journey. The significance of the ark is that it was more than just a shrine or a container for the Ten Commandments. It was understood to be like a traveling throne for God, upon which God's invisible presence rested. Now, as we know, the ark traveled with Israel throughout the desert. When the people stopped in a place, the ark was at rest in the tabernacle tent. In the wilderness, now Israel was a nomadic people, and so when the people moved, as they often did, the tabernacle, the tent was disassembled and moved first by some Israelite tribes. Then they would grab, the, the next group would take the ark and follow carried by another group of tribes. The tabernacle would then arrive at the next, next destination and be rebuilt so that by the time the ark arrived, it had a resting place to immediately move into. The ark never preceded the people. It typically traveled in the middle of the caravan and in the journey across the Jordan River though, the ark led the people. The ark went first, which I think is a very important detail. You see, throughout their wandering, the ark was protected when the people traveled. 
First the tabernacle, then the ark, sort of in the middle of the caravan. In doing so, God could guide Israel, but God didn't necessarily have to take the lead. But this time, when Israel crosses the Jordan, God led. He tells Joshua, you take the ark first. And the physical presence of the true and living God will make a way for you. And as the priests step into that water, they take their first steps into the Jordan River, carrying the ark, the waters part, and a path emerges. Beloved, Re-entry might be the end of a chapter, but it is not the end of our story. There will be more challenges ahead, maybe some even connected to the ones we've already experienced. It will not all of a sudden be easy, but be encouraged because God goes before us and makes a way for us to cross. At this point in the service, to recognize our transition, we want to participate in a ritual of exchange.